Please listen carefully. Welcome back to the Focus Target Podcast. This is your Captain speaking, Captain Smiley, back with you once again with my co-pilots, Van and Chai. What's going on, gentlemen? Hello. Sorry, I'm not sure. Like, are you are you rock are you rocking this uh captain thing? Yeah, the captain thing's not like it wasn't board? just a fad. Yeah, we're going Okay, so it's staying. Well, I mean, I named every character in Lost Ark Captain Smiley of some with some sort of thing. So I'm right. really trying to make it the new persona. You know, and I wanted it, you know, take us a little bit aside here, right? Like we, we do this podcast. I'm smiley on the podcast because that's what I was way back in FFXI days, but I haven't been able to get smiley as a character name in an MMO for like 10 years. Like it's always taken by the time I make my character. So like, there's never really a tie from me on the podcast, to any of my characters in game. I mean, this is a popular podcast. Probably a lot of people listen to this. You know, what if, what if somebody saw me running, they wouldn't know who I was. You know, they see Shiro or Vandana running through a game. They're like, Oh dude, that's probably the dudes from focus target. Cause it's such a popular podcast and all. Um, but I don't have that. So I'm trying to kind of rebrand myself. Did you really have that thought process? Yes, absolutely. Like if, Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I like it. <laughs> that, that is optimistic. If there's well one, as, you never as, know. As it's a small awful. world. You never know. Like, there's not many people. But you, you, yeah, I don't know. I just I felt like I, I like wanted where you to go with it. I'm not trying I to do it. I, I like it. It's, it's a little bit ostentatious. I understand that. But especially because you're a real captain. So it's probably most insulting to you. You're like, where, where are your congressionals? How much time did you spend in flight school? Like, what have you ever piloted, <laughs> right? You're captain of what exactly? You'd still be a first officer, so even oh. as a pilot. Pilots have first officers also. Well, there you go. I could also be a flight crew engineer if you prefer that instead. <laughs> I like that. All right, well, sorry to derail us there, but uh, yeah, I think it's probably good to get that out of the way. That way people aren't surprised. Uh, but today we are going to talk about the feature film, The Interview with um seth rogan and james franco wait are you honey digging <laughs> i'm not honey digging you bro we're really going to talk about it um we're probably just going to quote the movie randomly for about an hour so um this may be a, a less uh, informative and you know more silly podcast but we'll see we'll try to get some get some hard-hitting content in here if we can uh but before we do we're gonna do our question of the day because that's what we like to do here on the focus target podcast and today's question of the day is um you know last time we kind of did a podcast potpourri we talked a little bit about games and we had a question of the day that was about if you could re-experience a game and so kind of looking at that from the other way um there's a lot of upcoming games on the horizon um and so my question is is there a game coming up or coming down the pike maybe even hypothetically coming down the pike, uh, that you are afraid won't live up to... I, we have it written as won't live up to the hype, but I would say more won't live up to your hopes for it, perhaps. Expectations, um, regard, Yeah, regard, regardless of whether it's a hyped game or not, like what, you, what you're mm. hoping for, that you're worried, you know, a game you're really looking forward to, but you're like, gosh, I hope they don't mess it up. Uh, I'm going to start with Fan. I'm glad you clarified that. Because that was my thought process behind it. Because okay. I was like, this title I'm going to mention, it's not necessarily hyped. We've kind of hyped it a little bit. I have high expectations for it, but blah, blah, blah. So while all of you want this? me to say Half-Life 3, I'm not going to. <laughs> oh. Because that will live up to expectations. So therefore, it does not fall into this category. Okay. And shy not a little... You're, you're not afraid of it not living up. You're I'm sure absolutely not afraid if, if it, it comes ever out. were to come to fruition of not living up. And the reason being is that the Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2 were both like groundbreaking. Like Valve does not just release stuff to take a cheap shot to get a money grab. Like they will absolutely only release something if they felt <laughs> if that it is of quality. They did it already be out, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. If that's all they cared about. So I, I have all, and I want to hear what Shai has to say about this, about me not selecting this, which is hilarious. It's my non-answer that he's going to comment on. Um, I will not say Half-Life 3. Go ahead, Shai. The Matrix. <laughs> what do you say? Jinxed? That comes Matrix? through the, the Matrix? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> two movies oh. that were considered revolutionary. Um, but I guess that's a, yeah. that's, a fourth, that's a fourth movie, I guess, technically. But um... Okay, well, we haven't gotten there yet, but yeah. Yeah. Well, let's discuss that one in further detail. Um, but the mo the game I will say 
is Pantheon Rise of the Fallen. Ooh. So for those of you who don't know, Pantheon yeah. is a game that I have been very excited about that we've mentioned on the podcast a couple times. It's a throwback to the MMOs of yore when there were Holy Trinities. What? Allegedly, right? Yeah, alleg- yeah, right. Allegedly. The throwback to the Holy Trinity, the healer tank, DPS, where classification matters on jobs and, and all those things where the game's not going to be EVZ, where you're not able to solo all the content, where you do rely on your, um, you know, your, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? How people, how people rely on you and, and what you are to the community and stuff like that. Your reputation. Oh, where you, you do rely on reputation and, and you do need to lean on people to accomplish things that are big that, that aren't just given to you. So um, it's not supposed to be an easy game. And all those things sound probably terrible to a lot of listeners, but it sounds like music to my ears when I think about what MMOs I've loved in the past and what games I've loved in the past. They've all been really challenging. They've all relied on you being a, or needing to lean on other individuals in order to accomplish grand things. And that's what this MMO is supposed to be a throwback to instead of just the, the quick cash grab, um, you know, quest from level one to 50, no grind, all that fun stuff. So uh, I'm afraid the reason I'm afraid is not because of anything I've read or anything like that. It's just that no MMO since the great one, 11, has ever lived up to any type of expectations that I've had for them. They've had their short moments. They've had their nice appeals, but the, um, the honeymoon was ended pretty abruptly on all of them. And it's just a game that I don't look back the same way that I do the other one. So I'm hoping that Pantheon won't let us down. Don't worry, sir. I won't let you down. <laughs> don't worry, sir. <laughs> no that's a great pick yeah i didn't even think about that but yeah that's a that's a fantastic one for as long as you've been had your eye on that and kind of yeah you know got i think you got us a little bit excited i, I can't should, shouldn't speak for shy but like you know when when you showed it to me i was like oh yeah this this seemed like it has some legs you know like this could be great and, uh so yeah i will well, i guess time will tell on that one what about you shy what's uh what's the title on your horizon that uh that you feel that way about well when yeah, I saw this. I was, you know, I was gonna, I was thinking Lost Ark because that's a game I've been looking forward to for like six years now. Like I was tracking that before released in Korea, but like it's out now, so I don't know that that's. I mean, I guess maybe it would count technically. I don't know, but I think I think um, you can still do it because, correct me if I'm wrong, you're not quite end game yet in Lost Ark, or did you? Well, that? and you're right. It tec- and it technically hasn't released. I guess tomorrow's uh, tomorrow's really the release date. But but that I mean, being aside, have, you haven't experienced all of it yet either. So yeah. like, still, it yeah. still has an opportunity to either wow you or let you down. Yeah. But I want to go more in the vein of, of Van, who kind of chose yeah. not to pick a popular game and pick a more, like, unassuming game. I want to do the same thing. Because one that came to mind, because it's str- a struggle, because I'm, like, I'm not really looking forward to any games that have been announced. But I realized if they announced it, I'd probably be more excited for Battle Chasers 2 than I've been excited for almost any game that's come out in a long time. And that's also a game that they could really mess up or that I could really not like, depending on my expectations for the game. Like I think of like the first Darksiders and how much I liked Darksiders 1. And then when I played Darksiders 2, I was like, this does not feel the same. And like, didn't have barely played more than like six hours of that over the past, like a decade. I don't know. So, um, yeah, Battle Chasers 2 would be my answer because um, I think that could be really good. And I, you, I mean, I've spoken on this podcast how much I love the first game. Um, but hmm. oh, yeah, no, that's a good one too. I, I didn't expect that. Um, do you want to touch on Lost Ark a little bit? What hope, like, just like hopes, fears, you know, thoughts, like brief, super brief initial thoughts? Yeah, has it, it just has, has it lived up in the time you've spent with it? Um, so far, I think it's hard and, to like say that. I think the cool the thing right now is that I don't feel like I'm rushing it and it feels good. This is probably the first MO in a while that I haven't like just felt like I'm gonna like try to get to end game as fast as possible and i've been like trying some different classes out and just like i don't know i've been enjoying playing it versus like like trying to race to get to some content that then it's like then what i mean yeah yeah so that's my well, cool. especially too like if the content does rely on you know you, like it's generally in mmos it's more fun to do end game content with your crew rather than random pickups so like i remember this happened to you guys in 14 where like you and rido and i think chev like rushed 
to max level and like van and z and sheeny and i kind of were taken a little bit slower and you guys got up there and then you didn't like have anybody to do anything with and like you had to do a lot of pickup groups yeah. and like i think if i remember correctly that's how you guys meant tanking in the first place well that's it was tanking yeah, yeah. and then well yeah. honestly the game i think of is terra because uh, rod yeah. and i rushed terra hardcore like we just played that thing like non-stop for like a week got to max level played with a bunch of dicks in endgame dungeons <laughs> and rido quit because, like, yeah. you know, we had no one to play with that we liked playing with. And we would play with people who were, like, just, like, caught, like toxic. And it was, like, he's, like, I'm not putting up with this crap. And, like, he just quit the game. And then you guys all got to max level. We had a lot of fun for a number of months. But he'd already quit and, like, was done. And, like, I don't know. So. Yeah, I remember that. Because I, I joined a little bit after you guys. I kind of resisted it at first. And I joined. And, like, Rido and FC both quit, like, days after I even started playing. And I was, like, oh, that's that kind of sucks. Yeah. But you're right. The rest of us who stuck with it for a while actually did have some fun. Made some great memories. Never can, never Kenner. Never Kenner. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so mine, mine actually changed with, uh, so I was, I was going to say persona six. A lot of people are thinking that sometime this year, they may announce a persona six. I don't know if that's I mean, it's all just rumors, but um, I was going to say that because I think I loved persona three so much and persona five, which I didn't love as much as three. It was still just such a high quality game. Um, I just, I've been thinking about as I'm playing through it currently, just like how they're going to like top it. Like, I just wonder, it feels like they've done like everything they can do. And so I, I feel like they really have to reinvent the game. And so I, I just wonder if it'll live up, but, um, something came out in the Nintendo direct actually, uh, did you, either of you guys watch the Nintendo direct yesterday? Nothing like, recent one now. It, there's like eight games that they announced that I was like, Oh, Oh. Oh, and like a bunch that I didn't even like I'd heard of and I wasn't that interested. And then when I saw some footage, I was like, oh, damn, that actually looks pretty good. So I was freaking switch, man. Great system. But um, they announced uh, a sequel to Super Mario Strikers. If anybody's played that game there, it's the original was for the GameCube. It was like the Super Mario soccer game. And um, then there was another one on Wii, I think, like Super Mario strikers like charged or something but uh i there was something about the first one that i that really hooked me in something about the gameplay like it was really fun but it was also really like just like kind of almost like you know how like in like mario kart you feel like the computer kind of cheats to keep it close no matter what you do and like it had an element of that to it where it was like it was frustrating where like it didn't matter sometimes how good you got. It always felt like the the computer just got what they needed when they needed it. Um, but like I played the shit out of that game and I played a ton with a friend of the podcast, Lemon Cloak. Um, like we used to play that in college all the time live. And um, so they released they released the, the, they're making a sequel. It's coming out in like June. And it's going to have like online play and online club play and all this stuff. And like, I'm, I'm really excited about it all of a sudden. And I'm like, but, I, but I wonder if it can recapture that magic, you know, of a game that of a very specific game that I liked a long time ago. Like, I just don't know how it's going to live up to its predecessor. So more to come on that in a couple of months, I'm sure. But so, um, I don't know if this was on the Nintendo Direct, but I did see the announcement for Nintendo Switch for No Man's Sky. Yeah, I, yeah, that was on the Nintendo Direct. I thought, that and was I know cool. that was um, that was one of the games that you were talking about. If you could replay mm-hmm. with all of its things, and I feel like a game would lend itself well to a Switch. I don't know, man. You might get your opportunity. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to decide, like, what would I rather play No Man's Sky on, like Switch or PS Five. Where like mm. you really could get the most out of the the graphical. Yeah, because you got just this giant screen. You can really feel like you're in space as opposed to yeah. looking at a at a small. Mm. Oh, and you could do the same with that switch though. Yeah. Because yeah. you could dock that bad boy and. But generally, the switch hard drive or uh, like specs don't let you get as you know it doesn't quite run as nice. Yeah, because I wonder if I wonder if it'll be 4K on the PS5, whereas the switch max output is 1080p. Mm. Right. I yes. I. I that's kind of where I'm where I'm leaning, but but yeah, no, that was, there's there's a lot. If you haven't seen Nintendo Direct, maybe uh, even if you just check out the highlights, they announced a lot of games, um, and a lot of them I was pretty excited about. And I was like, man, when do I have time to play any of these games? I don't have time to play any of these games. I announced all this stuff. I'm just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do about it. it doesn't really help me, but it was cool. It's cool when like every game that I'm just like, oh, 
Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Shy? Ooh. Yeah. Have they announced a Switch Pro yet? Like that's been rumored for what almost a year now, right? Wasn't it a year like almost a year ago like we saw those mo- well we like saw yeah. those mock-ups, right? And we thought they were going to announce it like in a month or something at the time yeah. and probably because of the shortages for silicone like chips Yeah, that's or a good point. Like, they just can't make And them, they just probably. And they just released the OLED, right? Well, I say just. It's been out for hmm. quite a few months, but that is It'll, the most recent iteration. It'll gotcha. be really interesting to see if the Steam Deck when it comes out, puts pressure on that to upgrade. Yeah, that's a good point. I've seen people say that already the Steam Deck is more powerful, it's got a bigger screen, like, it's kind of superior in a lot of ways, I guess, and so I wonder if that might light a fire under them. But we could talk, that's a whole other podcast, so uh, that was our question of the day. If you, uh, you know, if, if our listeners, if there's a game coming out that you, you know, fear won't live up to the hype let us know we'd love to hear about it our contact information will be provided at the end of the podcast okay interview i got questions for you goats all right let's do this um let's start let's start with with the disclaimer i guess like this is an interesting movie right like um especially you know, we'll talk a little bit about like how it's aged, but even when it came out in what I would consider to be a little bit less sensitive of a time than we live in today, it was one of those movies where you're just like, whoa, like, am I going to hell just for watching this? Answer's probably yes, right? Like, like it was a, it's, it's kind of a messed up movie in, in, in some ways, uh, in a lot of ways, I would say. Um, so just overall thoughts, um, you know, what, what are your what what do you think tell the tell the world what you think of the interview i'm going to start with van again <clears throat> host can do that kind of thing so it's it's funny that i <laughs> this movie is for some reason near and dear to my heart i absolutely love it like it it just makes me feel good it's a it's a it's a movie that if i have a couple hours and i just want to relax and enjoy life in general like i will throw that bad boy on like, I don't want anything serious. I'm just doing this. And what's funny is I never looked at the reviews because I know it was marred in controversy anyway when it came out and we're going to get to that. But I never looked in the reviews until preparing for this podcast. And I did not realize how poorly it was rated. And then we can go into the reasons as to why. But I mean, you know, like top critics, like official Hollywood critics and whatnot, give it like a 49%, um, which is terrible for movies. And even, and then I'm like, okay, well, screw the critics. They all have an agenda. Let's go what the audience says. And the audience rating isn't much better. It's 51%. And I'm like, wow, I did not, like, I knew this, this movie had controversies for other reasons. And I'm, I'm sure I'm skipping ahead and I don't mean to, it's just where, where my thought process is going. But I, um, I was just surprised at how <laughs> it's crazy because this came out in 2014. We're talking seven years ago and it was absolutely polarized right down the middle. You either thought it was a, what I think it is, just a, on its surface, a slapstick, stupid movie that has crass humor that was done actually pretty ingeniously in some parts with great dialogue and is a stupid movie. Or you think it's what I, what I think the other, other side of the coin might be is that, you know, you went too far, you hit things that shouldn't have been touched on, you made some stupid decisions, and therefore I hate this movie. So I kind of feel like it's very polarized and, and it's pretty, pretty interesting. So I, I don't think that it's a majority of people think it's just a dumb movie. I think either you really did enjoy it a lot and feel like I do, or you thought it was absolutely stupid. It doesn't deserve to be viewed by anybody. What about you, uh, Shai? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy it. I do feel bad sometimes for enjoying it. And there's parts <laughs> of it I enjoy less than others. And it's funny because like even watching it this time, because I watched it again in preparation for this podcast. It's like, I try to watch, I'm like, you know, could I ever like share this with certain people in my life, like family members or whatever? And like something happens, I'm like, nope, nope, they just said that, like, or whatever. Like, and then like, then by the end of the movie, I'm like, well, a hundred times that happened. So no, of course I couldn't like even, you know, recommend it to someone uh, that, you know, I respect their opinion of me. Um, but uh, no, I don't, it's funny. Like, and you bring up a good point, man. Like, and I will probably get in the controversies, but like, it's funny. Like, I think, and I think of terms like the people who probably think very poorly of it, like they would use, you know, like racist, sexist, homophobic, sure. like, like different like terms people would probably say about the movie based on like dialogue. But like, you think of like, even like a filmmaker, like Mel Brooks, where like, even oh, like God. the films he made, like you think in like a couple decades, like 
will those even be like allowed like in like public like domain like you may not be able to buy those digitally because of like how offensive they are considered you know whereas like this guy like he was just trying to like you know i don't know like because i don't you know I, I don't think that seth rogan and james franco went into this movie thinking well we are going to like really try to hurt people right right like like we're gonna make a dumb film where we make a lot of jokes that kind of make fun of almost everybody and hopefully people can have a sense of humor about themselves and what we're finding nowadays about our culture and society is that no none of it like people just can't have a sense of humor about themselves like yeah yeah it's a great point i want to go back to what you said about um a reticency to share this with people whose opinion you value because um so when i rewatched it in preparation for the podcast i watched it with my wife who had never seen it before and I was a little nervous as well, not because I didn't, you know, think she could handle it, but because it is. It's like it's there's parts where you're just like, like, is she gonna think less of me for watching this movie? Now, luckily, <laughs> she really loves Seth Seth Rogen and James Franco, um, and so I think they helped they helped her get through it. Because um, at the end, she, you know, she said it was it was funny, even though it was really dumb. Um, I thought you were gonna say, luckily she already doesn't think highly of you at all. So like, there's not much lower you can you know, go. I, you know, most people feel that way about me for some reason. Right. My wife actually has a high opinion of me and I really value oh. that. Um, that is odd. We should get on the podcast one day and maybe do a podcast on that. It, well, you probably don't believe me because and, and uh, understandably so, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's true. I just think she's a sweetheart and you're like, she's like really, the thing that she needs you know, to fix and take care maybe, of. Maybe that's that's why she's with there you. Go. Right. <laughs> maybe it's that's a pity. It's a pity relationship. Yeah, yeah exactly. Upon you. Yeah. <laughs> would make sense <laughs> um but yeah so but we watched it together we enjoyed it. it was it was fun uh laughing with her on some of those parts nice. and like it is so over the top and i i was wondering i feel like i need to watch it like again on like shy's playstation account which i have access to am i allowed to say that on the podcast um because we watched it on netflix hmm. and I feel I just felt like there was nothing I could think of that was missing, but it felt short. And there were like hmm. a couple places where I thought I remembered the scene going on a little bit longer, hmm. like especially like the the part like when the when the when the um the CIA agent comes to their apartment after they've been partying all night and kind of recruits them. Like I feel like that ended really fast, and I'm like am I just not remembering it or am I, or like, am I used to having watched like an unrated version oh. and now I'm getting like a, a theatrical release perhaps. I wonder. So I feel like I might've missed out on something that like, it just see, it, I couldn't tell you exactly what wasn't there, but I also haven't seen it since probably like the last time you guys came out to Colorado, which was a number of years ago now. So you no, know, it's Shiro. Shiro's all about those unrated versions. So yeah, probably. Mm. I, I do want to, um now that you brought it up this is a good segue into into that did we did we watch this for the first time together or did we watch it separately and just it just happened to be near when we were going to colorado because i do remember it being a highlight of us being in colorado together the first time i saw it for sure was with you guys that's the only reason i watched it um i don't i wouldn't have sought this one out on my own um, yeah, I don't, well, I, think know, we, I don't know if you guys had seen it previously or if any of you had seen it previously. And I think, I see, I, I have a memory of us watching it together for the first time ever. And I'm wondering if that's another reason we talk about this a million times. Like, yes, the content means something, but where you are in your life at that moment also adds to, to whether you enjoy something or not. And like watching this movie with you people, and I mean you people as in Shy and Rido and you smiling everybody like this yeah. is our humor with one another as crass and terrible and stupid as it is yeah. and then to watch this movie together like we would have just been in like stupidity heaven and yeah. I, i'm wondering if that's why that's why like we have that great feeling with it so then when we watch it it kind of reminds us of like just those the the paloozas we do and all that stuff and that's why yeah, it's so enjoyable that's a great point. like i wonder too if, if we uh enjoyed it more the first time and then it stuck with us a little bit more the first time because we were together like if we had right. watched it on our own or like to shy's point if like you had caught it with like a family member not really necessarily knowing what it was <laughs> like would you Turned have it off <laughs> yeah, would you have a different feeling about it would you not have gotten us into it you know if you didn't have fan and rido quoting it every 10 seconds oh yeah like <laughs> i kind of feel like shy probably is pretty in there as far as the quote master too not not just for sure not just us i was just saying from like that first weekend i feel yeah. like you yeah. really 
So 112 minutes. What is that? That's an hour and 52, right? Yeah. I'm trying to do some quick research here to see if that's true or not. There's different lengths. And then I'll check out how long it is on on Netflix as well. All right. Well, while you're doing that, um, what about – we'll snake it back about uh, – what what are some of the things you liked? Um, I'll start with myself. Um, and this probably isn't going to surprise anybody, but I do love the over-the-top number of Lord of the Rings references mm-hmm. in this uh, <laughs> in this film. Um, you know that that that's great. And I mean, I I love that I know that James Franco in real life is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. So like, it's cool to me that like it's not just it's not just because he you know like I know why it's in there. It's because he loves Lord of the Rings and he wants to put it in, and that makes me feel like like the movie's a little bit more of a labor of love or at least that portion of it. Um, I think that's great. So, cause it wouldn't make sense to be in there if it, you know what I mean? Cause it's not like it has no relation to the content or like that type of movie. Right. So like yeah, it has really, to be because he loves it. It's yeah. really in there cause he likes it. And yeah. that's what I would do if I was making movies, I'd put in all kinds of references to stuff I cared about. Like yeah. why not? So, um, I also, I liked the little foreshadowing that they did. Like how, like, and that they didn't ever actually address it. Like, I love when they they do something, you know, where where if you, I'm sure you remember, you know, um, Dave Skylark when they're pitching the pitching the mission to him, he's there, he's like going off on this tangent, like how he's gonna do it, and they're like, you're an idiot, that's not it's not gonna work. He's like, I'm gonna wear a bulletproof vest, and we're gonna go through a, ton, a secret tunnel to the ocean, and SEAL Team Six could be ready for, to take us home. And they're like, you're that none of that's possible. Like, what are you even talking about? Blah blah blah. Yeah, what's gonna kill you first? The freezing cold tigers. There's tigers out there. <laughs> and then, but then, like when you watch the movie, that's literally exactly what happens. Yep. Saved by yep. the bulletproof vest, they go through a secret tunnel. SEAL Team Six waiting for, but they don't call it out. Right? They don't ever say, hey. Didn't you yeah. say like they leave it for for the viewer to remember or to catch it on a rewatch? And yeah. I I like that like just that little bit of subtlety. Um, I love when they do that in films and they don't like beach over the head with it, but they do put it in there. The so tell that, all, the, the tell yeah, all. the tell all at the end too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was during that same time. Yeah, and like, there will be no tell all. Yeah, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, quote it, quote it. That was it. Yeah, there will be no oh. tell all. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There'd be uh, no tell the titillating agent. <laughs> uh, all right, Shai, what about you? Things you liked? I mean, that's honestly, that's a great call out. The four, because that is this, like, and Van even mentioned it in his, when he was talking about the movie, what things, like, what, you know, overall thoughts or what he liked is it's, it's well written. Like, sometimes, yeah. like, movies like Zoolander are fun because they are just dumb. Like, they are just idiotic dumb fun and and it's, it's awesome like it's just something you can sit and just like laugh at and you don't have to think about it. you can have on a second screen whatever but like the interview has some stuff in it where it's like you know they put thought into it and like they really planned it out well and, and i think like um i don't know like even there's just little stuff like where even like the bodyguards the one bot they're suspicious about them and then like and they build this like tension right because they're like they're like you can tell the bodyguards are suspicious and then like the one guy's gonna die and you're like well now the other guy knows like when one guy dies the other guy's gonna like come after him like that's definitely what like when i was watching movies first time i'm thinking that and then like they find a way to like kill both bodyguards at the same time and it's like oh wow they like that worked (laughs) like they kind of resolved that tension in like one scene um i think the casting is ingenious I think Seth Rogen and James Franco, this isn't the first film they've done it together. And you can tell they're friends. Like, and I think that comes across. These are two guys that just like hanging out, like writing, acting, whatever together. And like, they're just like you said about your wife liking them. Like I've talked to so many people who like this film because it's got like J- James Franco, Seth Rogen, or both. Like yeah. they're just, I think they're likable guys well, and, and it's, they're fun to watch. It's kind of like him too. What an awesome job. Yeah. Oh, that awesome yeah. 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 Dude, he was he inspired so me. To watch his 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 other series that he started, he started oh. a series shortly after that called Fresh Off the Boat, and it was a oh, TV okay. series where he played yeah. the the main protagonist in that movie. And I was like, I never had heard of him be- before this the interview. And then once I I saw his performance in here, I was like, Oh my god, this 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 guy's yeah. this guy's hilarious! Like, so good. he's so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, um, yeah. That's great, oh, great casting for sure. Go ahead, John. Uh, Van. Yeah. And um, talking about being real friends like that, that actually leads to one of the things I liked about it. Um, number one, we could talk about how quota, quotable it is. We, we quote it all the time. But secondarily, like the fact that they are friends and when you watch it again and you pay attention to 
the characters on screen, like really pay attention to them, not just like what they're saying or what you're supposed to watch as an audience member, but actually looking at their lips and all that stuff. And they're they're like breaking the fourth wall like so many times. Like there's times where you can tell they're fighting back like laughs on this like improv, you know, line of thought that somebody just obviously went on. Because when you when you watch these these movies, a lot of times they'll do like bloopers at the end or they'll do the making ofs and all that. And you can see like how much of it actually wasn't scripted but was improv in, on the moment. These guys are just comedic geniuses, right? So, like, they'll just go on an improv and they leave the cameras rolling. And you could tell, like, when it's happening versus when it's not sometimes and just them breaking character and, like, trying to hold in a laugh at a very serious moment when when James Franco's just being an absolute idiot, but he's being serious about being an idiot. And, like, Seth's just, like, doing his best not to break character. And it's, it's so funny. I, I get a crack up on even the things that they don't say, just the subtleties. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that's um, like, like I think Shai mentioned, like so much of the things we like is the chemistry, right? Like that's, that's one of the things I love about Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is my favorite show is like, it's not even as much about what they do in the show. It's that the characters just have such an amazing chemistry. Like, I really don't care what they're doing. I just want to watch them do it. And that's why like, they've got a podcast now and I've been listening to that because like just them on a podcast, even just talk about stupid shit. It's like, it's just interesting. Like chemistry can take you so far. And, uh, you know, that's why I think we have a great podcast. I think we've got a pretty good chemistry between us. So, um, let's snake it back again. Van, I'm going to go back to you. Things you didn't like. Were there any? Anything that you want to call out? That you yeah, so the, yeah. No, but I, I just want to point out. Well, yes, but I just want to point out Randall Park is the uh, the oh. guy who played Kim Jong. We've, we've mentioned yeah. James Franco and Seth Rogen, and I think yeah. he absolutely deserved to have his name. Well, well, well said, yeah. Um, things I didn't like. I don't honestly am probably not the person to go to for this because i really don't think of i i don't know i i just don't know if there's things i didn't like to be honest that's fair if there's something i didn't like i just thought of i it's not impactful to me so okay. nope fair can't enough. think of anything what about you shy yeah there's two things that come to mind as much as i love the film and one every time i watch it comes to mind and it's the over the top gore like it's <laughs> I don't like that. And it makes me squeamish. Yeah. And it's not that I can't watch films that are violent. Like there's times where I can watch the Witcher. Like there's shows I can watch that I know are going to be violent. But in this movie, I just, I don't like it. And I wish it wasn't in it. And like every time, specifically the end in the control room, where he's getting his, like their fingers cut a bit off. Yeah, like, dude, and, and it's like, like, and it's over the top and whatever. I get that. But like, it still, it just makes me squeamish. And it's hard for me to watch that scene as funny as it is. Like, that's, um, that is funny. Cause that's one of my favorite scenes in the interview is not the fingers i get it that, yeah, yeah. that is a little over the top and then the control stick up the guy's butt and all that stuff but like the uh the, the, one of my favorite parts is when he's with uh sukyun park and they're like they're like all right let's get out of here and they reach over the duffel bag and then they just like lay oh, yeah. waste to everybody yeah. in the hallway because i'm like how the hell are you gonna get out there there's like seven people <laughs> from freaking kim's you know protective uh group and nope they just lay everybody down that's one of my favorite parts of the whole movie well, I don't mind violence. I guess that's what I mean. Like, I don't mind any of the shooting or even the like the yeah. tank and the helicopter. It's just those specific, the finger bitings. And then, like, the scene with the bodyguards where, like, there's blood all over the place. Just, like, it just feels... I know it's over the top. That bothers me. Um, the other thing, too, is there's just a couple scenes where <laughs> Dave Skylark is... Um, um, Dave Skylark is, um, like, acting super dumb. I don't know. Like... I know he's supposed to be like a dumb character. I feel like just a couple times where like, it's like, you're not that dumb. You think, can like, you think of the scenes specifically? Yeah. What was, there was a scene specifically, there's a scene where he's like playing basketball with, with uh, Kim Jong-un. Yeah. And, um, and there's like a word, like there's either a word someone says and he, he like acts like he doesn't even know what the word means or like, what was the, what was it? Cause it stuck out really bit like big uh, here. I don't know. Maybe the smiling. Maybe you talk a little bit. I'll see if I can think of the exact line. Uh, Cause there was a line that was like, yeah. Was it they despise us because they are not no, us? No, I no, I have a note about that to mention that because that was one of my favorite quotes <laughs> watching this film this time. Um, no, that was not it. It's like they despise us. <laughs> so good. Us. So good. He just drops the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it was Stalin. It was the Stalin joke. He's like, it was mm. given to my father by Stalin. He's like, uh, oh, where I'm it's... from, he's called Stallone. And I'm like. I'm like, you are not that dumb. 
Like, obviously, you went through, like, I'm sure you went through college. Like, you've heard the name Stalin, and you know what he's talking about. Like, that, of, of any joke in that movie, that felt the most forced to me. And it just stood out this this time. I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. All right. All right. So, mine's a little, well, so, the, the thing I probably would, to, in seriousness, the thing that I didn't like, I think, um, a little bit is just, like, Listen, I give them a lot of credit. It's ballsy to do a movie about an active world leader. And obviously we're getting into this probably next. But like, I do feel, I did, especially I remember the first time watching it, I felt a little squeamish. It's like, you're making fun of like a real country and real people. And like, like this isn't like people from the past. Like they're out there literally right now. Like, and a lot of the problems and, it, you know, it is obviously despite it being heavily satired and, and whatnot, it's still talking about real social problems. Like these aren't, they're not making up these, you know, the, the conditions in North Korea in a lot of cases. And so like, it's probably a lot less funny. It's, it, it feels a little bad to be laughing. Uh, you know, probably not as funny for the people who are maybe living there right now, you know, like, or, or at the time. Um, so like that, I always felt a little bit, of you know, not bad about it. And like I say, I give them credit for having the balls to do it. Um, but it, I always felt like, man, like I feel kind of, kind of bad about <laughs> about watching this. Like I feel like, as we talked about earlier, like I feel definitely a bit of a guilty pleasure movie, um, so, more so than most. Yeah, go ahead. That's funny. I was, um, I, I was this time when I watched it, I had the the a similar thought the first time, and 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 um, it was, could they have made this movie? And just not said North Korea, not said dictator, you know, not use Kim Jong Un's actual name, right. and would it have still been one. would it have still been funny? Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And everybody could have inferred that it was somewhat North Korea, but right. you know, or or an impoverished country with a dictator. You know, it didn't have to be specifically that. Um, and would it have still carried the same effect? Would it have still been? as impactful humorous and all those things and i don't have that answer but i i had thought the same thing too and you're right though like when you think about it like there's that hilarious scene when the the sex scene when they first took you in park and all that stuff and should they like stop in the middle of things getting hot and heavy and she's like oh my uh you know i, I lied about the output on our potato crops and yeah. it's like that clearly goes back to just the propaganda that's happening in there the true famine that's happening with the people who live in there right now Right. Um, and, and the things that how the officials in those countries do stress the truth and all that stuff to seem like they're more prosperous than they really are. Um, yeah. You, thanks for ruining the podcast. <laughs> well, but yeah, you know, no, I, I agree with you though. That that's, that is a very interesting. It'd be interesting to see. It's hard. I was trying to find a, a, a good parallel. And I, and I couldn't in the moment when Sarah and I were talking about it, but I think I might've come up with one, like how would we feel if the, if, if somebody made a movie about that with America and used like George W. Bush, right? Like I think people like Barack Obama and Donald Trump for one, they're too polarizing. And for two, they're, they don't fit quite the same mold. But I think, I think George W. Bush is a, is a, a at least somewhat ana uh, analogous, uh, somebody who maybe wasn't, popular with everybody but was popular with some people and was kind of regarded in certain ways like what if they made a somebody made a movie like completely you know not just like making fun of him but then like in the end like literally like killing an act like a world leader while he was the president like not in the past but like during his active presidency like like i feel like if that had happened in america we i think people would have been pretty pissed off like it certainly is a bit taboo. I mean, do you want to dive into controversies? Because uh, let me get to the the next thing I didn't like, and then we'll jump right into that. I should have probably started with this because there's one huge plot hole in this movie that I think nobody ever talks about. We need to address it. Okay, so let's lay the groundwork here. Where McConaughey is far too short to actually. <laughs> No, Do no, that? I'm not. I'm not. Oh, going, that's not I'm the not going, okay. not going. I'm not going with the McConaughey. The McConaughey. You get down on your knees. You can find. You can find a way. Love uh, finds a way. You know. So don't worry about that. <laughs> here's here's the problem. We're meant. We're told that these two guys, that James, that uh, that uh, Aaron and and Dave Skylark, are best friends. They've been friends for twenty years. They've cut. The, you know, all this stuff they've gone through together they hang out on the weekends they party together they're they're basically brothers right and now you're gonna tell me all right that 
Dave Skylark, who is clearly obsessed with Lord of the Rings, like he's making Lord of the Rings references left and right. You're going to tell me that Aaron has never seen Lord of the Rings in all the time they've been together. You're going to tell me that Aaron doesn't know who Boromir is. Let me quote this. That's a Boromir thing to say. What is this? I don't know who that is. How do you not know who that is? Like either you're not really that close of friends. Cause let me tell you, if, my best friend hadn't seen Lord of the Rings and I felt that way about it. Like I would be a terrible friend for not at least, at least getting him the basics, right? You got to know who Boromir is. Come on. Like, or, you know, something's going on there. Something's going on there. Explain Make this make sense to me. How does he not know who Boromir is? If he's been with like, even if like, even I can if explain he it didn't you. see the movie, if he didn't see the movie, he has to have heard him talking about Boromir for 20 fucking years. You can't pick this shit up. Like, come on. I have a couple theories. Let's go. But I've been talking Here. a lot. So Shai, if you if no. you got anything you wanna wanna mention, please no, jump can, on in. I here. can I can jump in after after you. Uh, yeah. No, let's go. I'll, I'll piggyback off you on this one. Yeah. Well, I wanted to touch on touch base on your guys' last thought about making fun of Korea as well. But uh, I think the Boromir thing. I don't know. I, I mean, I may not be the most qualified to speak, but I mean, I'm not the most qualified to speak. But uh, how many of like how many of your guys' wives like there's things that are near and dear to your heart that you maybe make references occasionally to that. Like if you asked that gave them a pop quiz right now about it, like they would have no idea like who Paladin Cecil is or Celeste or like, you right. know, significant um, others are Arma, Arma a three different, uh, significant others are a little bit of a different story because right. you're like, I think when you've got a best friend, generally best friendships tend to be predicated on common interests. But maybe right. not all the same common interests. Maybe I not mean, all the same. I guess I'm saying, I, all I'm saying is like a significant other, I think, is the same way. And that's someone you spent maybe a lot of time over a long period of time with. So I don't, I guess, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy your plot. I thought you were going to say more the fact that Kim Jong-un could like drive a wedge between them so quickly over like the course of 24 hours. If they've been such best friends for like decades where he would even say that quote not the fact that he wouldn't know who boromir was i thought you were gonna go like He's a, a little higher manipulator, bro um yeah. but no I, I i don't i think boromir also like we've gotten used to saying that's such a boromir thing to say none of us ever used to like refer to boromir like in quotations before like right. as if like and so like so james so james franco maybe just never said that to him before like he maybe never used boromir as a reference until like that moment and like here's what i, I think know. happened finally i think I think, and hopefully this will help you sleep better at night. What I think happened was, I think, you, like you said, they've been friends forever. Lord of the Rings has been out for 20 years. He watched it 20 years ago because, because Skylark was his best friend. So he watched it, didn't like it, doesn't remember everybody's name because he only watched it once for his friend and then never went back to the movie again. Okay, I can, I can, I can, I can accept that. Because Boromir, it's not like Frodo Baggins or Gandalf. Or right. Like, or, he yeah, is exactly. kind of a secondary character. And so I, I can see that if you maybe, maybe he did show it to him and he just did. He just in, was like, oh, yeah, it's great. Like, let's go. Right. Yeah. Do some shots now and not talk about it anymore. Right. Right. I can see that. I was going to play devil's advocate to my old argument and see if you guys thought, like, does he actually know who Boromir is? And he just said that to piss him off. Right. Like, mm. like, like, like in the moment, like what's the most, what, what can I say that's going to, you know, incite him is pretend to not know what he's talking about when he's talking about Lord of the Rings, but that's some 3d chess stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so probably, probably not what we're talking about, but and right, this, this uh, movie's all about provocative, you know, thing. <laughs> right. Okay. So enough of that. Let's, uh, let's segue back to shy. Let him get his thoughts out and we'll roll into the controversies. Cause I think that's an important thing to talk about. So shy, take it away. Well, I mean, maybe this shows how bad of a person I am, I guess. But, like, I have never watched it once feeling bad about the subject matter of, like, the situation in North Korea. Like, because I guess I've never thought of them making fun of the people of North Korea. It's only making fun of Kim Jong-un. And not even, like, I feel like you mentioned the point with the the, the lady, you know, officer, this Suk Young Park. Um, she, uh, even she regrets it. Like, you see her as a human yeah. who's been, like, kind of, like, beholden into the system. Like, where she's been coerced or whatever, felt trapped. And we know that, like, totalitarian government, like, systems around the world, like Nazis. Like, like there were a lot of people in the Nazi party who weren't, like, who were, like, coerced into, like, following a certain, like, you know, lifestyle, basically. You know, because if they didn't, they would be killed or whatever. Um, and I think that just felt real. But, yeah, I've never, like, I guess I don't know. Like, I feel like they did a good job, honestly, of showing 
all these negative things throughout the movie and like highlighting like the manipulation and even like the whole idea at the end is like we need to show the people what yeah. you know what Kim Jong Un's about and so almost like whether or not anyone from North Korea would ever watch the film and be like oh man I wonder if that's true like I, you know probably not you know but like I, I you know and, and it's all perspective that's how we view it's our almost American propaganda of North Korea I mean whatever probably not it's maybe, factual but maybe. Um, <clears throat> All right, well, let's talk about some of the controversies, right? Like, so obviously, probably not. I mean, obviously, from what Van said, I didn't know that either, but not maybe the best well-received film here in the United States. Probably not really well-received in in, uh, in North Korea either, I imagine, assuming it was even available to be seen. I feel like that's somewhat yeah. unlikely. Um but and I don't I'm not as familiar with some of these, so I might actually defer to to whichever you guys put this in here. Um, yeah, was, so Van, yeah, take it away. Yeah, so in doing some of the research, I also wanted to make sure that we went back and talked about some of the controversy because it is very unique to this film, and there was a lot of anger out of North Korea and North Korean officials to where that. there were there were internet threats about people attending theaters saying that they would be they would be bombing theaters uh, that are showing this and just like basically said, if you show this in your theater to your general public, that that is, we consider that a declaration of war. And this is like the Korean government talking to the United States and to Sony pictures and to all that stuff. And so there was like, there's interviews with, with um, Seth Rogen afterwards, who was one of the directors, I believe. He was, and, was. um, <clears throat> He was saying how it was like a very strange thing that he wrote a movie. It's a stupid movie. He gets it and all that stuff. And and um, but to have like an actual government get so close to and even just utter the words declarations of wars and things like that, like was just how do you navigate that? Right. And And one interesting thing is that he hasn't directed a movie since the interview. And people are asking him like, hey, has that right. really like did that did that like you from it blah blah whatever and that's when he went into saying how how difficult it was post production but he says no nope. he claims that's not the reason why but that it was scary at times and they even had to have security guards uh around them for some time uh because they were afraid of of assassination attempts on them rightfully so because of all the stuff that was coming so this was a high profile movie release now what ended up happening was all the major theaters did pull it before release and they did not show it in theaters there were private theaters independent theaters that still ended up showing it in theater and, and thank god nothing ever happened to any of those patrons or those companies or anything like that but the major brands did pull it off and this was one of the first movies uh, like triple a title big budget movie from a huge company that ever went um that was expected to go to you know that was deserving of the big screen um but actually went straight to DVD or, or straight to on demand. And that was very unique in its time because movies weren't doing that. Now we're kind of used to it, especially with COVID. Um, a lot of movies, Disney's done this a hundred times and things like that. Like instead of their movies that would have gone to theater, they're going to on demand. So it seems a little more familiar by that time. That just wasn't happening. Um, so it was really unique that, that they did that. And there was a lot of controversy too, just in that decision alone. Uh, and you can imagine how this went. It was, no, we're a free society. We are not North Korea. Therefore, we don't follow your dictations. You are a dictator. That goes against everything that we're saying here. We believe in free speech. Therefore, we do want to show this in the theater. But Sony ultimately made the decision. Or I guess maybe I don't want to speak on Sony's behalf. I don't know if it was Sony. But ultimately, the decision was made somewhere not to show it in theaters. And that in and of itself was a huge controversy within the American people in the United States. One group saying, yeah, that's the right thing to do. This is stupid to, to put out a movie that talks about killing an active leader of another uh, right. country. And then the other group said, no, this is America. We have right to free speech, free expression. We could do whatever we want. This doesn't genuinely harm anybody. Therefore, it's stupid that they're not being shown in theaters. And and it was it was wild. So beyond that, the whole theater controversy, um, once the movie officially released and was available on demand and streams and all that stuff, um, Sony was hacked. And that was one of the main persons who oversaw the movie, the production uh, of the movie. And they were hacked and a ton of emails were released. Private emails were released 
just airing out a ton of dirty laundry all over the place on a whole bunch of different topics and, and people and everything like that. And the our government did confirm that North Korea was in part largely responsible for that hack. So they're like, we have these threats. There's actual action that has come from this. And it really did a number, according to Seth Rogen, um, after what it was were, produced. What, like, I don't, I didn't remember that hacked email thing. Like, what kind of stuff did they release? Like, I don't remember specifically, but I remember it was pretty, I remember it being damning. Um, like, you, you could, we could probably look up Sony hack emails and, and you'll see some of the headlines that came out of that. But it was, it was pretty damning for the, for the company, for Sony itself. Um, I want to know how much they made. The budget apparently was like 42 to 46 million and, and it only did like 5 million in theaters because like I said, limited release and all that stuff. But I wonder ultimately how much they've made over time now that we're sitting here at 2021. Yeah. But the, the thought of the, from, or the, the last feelings from Seth and from Sony were that, hey, it was what it was. We released it in 2014. We're done with it. Let's just move on. We don't need to dwell on this or anything like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting movie and, and uh, controversy that revolved around that. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And I mean, that's, it obviously um, was provocative, especially to North Korea. And I think it's hard to, Hard to make an argument against it, like. <laughs> but what do you think? You got any thoughts on Shy? No, I mean, I remember, I remember those controversies because I, I don't know, I still feel like, and I don't, I can't back this up, but I almost feel like we went and saw it in theaters together or something, or I don't know. Like I have this like sense, like well, there was a time, Smiley, you, you mean you know, Rado went what, and saw here, a movie. Here's what you're thinking of. You're thinking of the. This is the end which was also Seth Rogen and James Franco about the end of the world that I, oh. I actually just told Sarah the story. Cause that was the, it was the, the first time you guys came out, you and Rido came out. Remember you came a day earlier, van came the, the following day. And so that night we went and saw, this is the end. And we went to dinner at somewhere nearby. And then, then the next day is when van showed up and then we, oh. had, we had some adventures, but, um, Gotcha. I guess yeah, I, I disliked that movie that's so much that I probably have wiped it from my memory because I have Locked no memories out. of watching that movie. So, yeah, um, that was right. what we saw. That gotcha. Night. All right, because I remember, I feel like I saw the interview in in theaters, which felt very odd because like because it had been pulled so much and there was so much controversy about it, and you didn't know like what like how that was going to play out. But I don't know. Maybe I'm like I don't know. I'm not clearly remembering those days. But yeah, I remember how crazy it was that like people were pulling it the free speech debates that van brought up and then like the hack was a big deal because i feel like back then there was some hacking but like nowadays we've just become so useful used to data breaches and like it just seems like a every other day thing and like it just was like it was just a big deal that all this information got pulled um and that it was just out there so all right well, well uh points. quick follow-up question then i mean doesn't sound like there's ever would be a sequel based on the stuff that Seth Rogen went through with it, but like, would you want to see a sequel and what would that look like to you? I'm gonna start with Shy this time because I've started with Van a couple times in the past. I mean, the question would be like, would they really like, would they up the ante and like just play with the idea and like go dumber? And like, what if like Kim Jong un was a zombie and it was like zombie Kim Jong un and like, you know, they'd like go back in and like kill the undead you know leader of the north korea i don't know you know like i feel like if they went anywhere it'd be like putin well yeah 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 they either change the theater or they like or they keep digging into that north korea theme like i don't know um or like because the theme of the movie was that the whole reason they did this was to become like serious you know a serious show what if like they play into that and all of a sudden like 20 years later they're like these stuffy old like you know guys or whatever like and then like something else happens they have to like deal with you know or i don't i don't know like i probably would watch a sequel if they announced one um i mean they could make a continuation of the characters and not even have it have anything to do with north korea or even i guess another country you know do you want to see more dave skylark and yeah Aaron? van what do you think dude i think i think there could be like a whole dave skylark dave skylark series spinoff like I would just watch the show as the show, like how hilarious that show was. Yeah, in the, oh my! In the few minutes I mean, that you get to see, 
we didn't, we didn't talk even talk about, about that. it. Yeah, the things all. you like, I think that would probably go there. I mean, the Eminem part is amongst oh, my it's, favorite it's in any movie amazing. ever. Amazing. <laughs> like the amazing. Rob Lowe stuff is funny too. It's <laughs> so <laughs> good. <laughs> Why does he leave the long parts? <laughs> and they're all like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I can barely tell. It's, <laughs> it's so freeing. <laughs> Dude, but so that, that, that I was. Yeah. It's funny. I was thinking about the the beginning, and they just nail it right off the bat. They set the tone like, "Hey, sit down, strap in, because this is the kind of movie that you're going to watch for the next hour and fifty two minutes." Right. Like with the girl singing the the Korean fake national anthem song yeah. to everybody, and and then um, going directly from that into Skylark tonight into the Eminem <clears throat> um, interview and all that stuff. It was it was hilarious. I was just thinking like, dude, I, I would watch a Skylark tonight spinoff. That like, would be fun. That'd be a yeah, fun Just spin-off. on that. Yeah. Um, but to answer the question, if they did a sequel, um, I think, I think I would like to see them do a comedy. If you could, it's a, somehow they made assassination attempt of a world leader, a comedy. So I don't think this would be too much of a stretch for them, but uh, a comedy of the rebuilding and implementation of democracy in North Korea. So they go back there to help with this because they've been influential figures. You had at the end, right, Sukyun Park announced like, okay, for the first time, we're ever going to have the first democratic election of a new leader. And then, but that's going like, to that's gonna create like some voids. Like... Yeah, that's going to create some voids and some different factions that are trying to, trying to you know, come in and, and take over as the dictator. And I think there could be a whole more battle there that's consistent with, with kind of the uh, small fights that they had and the blood and gore that Shai loved so much and all that stuff. So you go back and you do the implementation of a full-blown democracy in North Korea. That's your that's your sequel. And that would open the door for a zombie Kim. Maybe it's like mm-hmm. a presidential, the first presidential debate in North Korea and they have to go cover it and like... <laughs> Not... Oh, see? Sony, if you're listening, I know you hate this movie... But you got three writers right here. Sony, and if Seth, and if North Seth Korea, if you're listening, we're not we're not promoting a sequel. We're not That's encouraging. True. That's a good point. That's a really good point. But we will buy the rights, Sony, if you're listening to a sequel. No, See, we won't. We'll, we won't. We'll buy, buy the rights or we'll sell the rights. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, well, we need the rights kind of first to develop the, right, the okay. sequel. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts on the interview? Any final quotes that you didn't get to say that you really wanted to? Yes. Yes, and we mentioned it at the beginning, but well, you guys mentioned in the show, I guess. But they despise us because they are not us. Like, there's this this great oh, early good. quote of they hate us because they ain't us, and then like that whole idea of like smart writing later on, like you know, James Franco and and, and Kim Jong Un are having a conversation, and like Kim Jong Un just like they're talking about like how do people like I don't understand them and like ridicule them. He's like they despise us because they are not us, and like it's just like immediately you don't even have to hear James Franco's response, which is they hate us because they ain't us. Like you just know, like in your mind, ah, like. Yeah, I have a million, a million. I'm sure we all have a million. But one that stuck out with me today was um, when they were talking about when James Fran- or when Dave Scarlett says it's the first rule of journalism: you give the people what they want. And I'm like, and then the rebuttal is that's not the first rule of journalism. That's like the first rule of like circuses and demolition derbies. <laughs> and just it cracked me up just because I kind of feel like true professional journalism in our day and age has kind of gone down a little ways to where they are pandering just to their audience as opposed to yeah, faxes. And absolutely. I was like, that, I just said faxes. That's not even a word, but have gone down. And I was just like, that, that's just a very timely, hilarious quote. So I, I thought that was a lot of fun. We love the faxes. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah. Uh, well, see, we made it through an hour on the interview. I knew we could do it. Um, so, Molly, you got to give our, a quote. Oh, you got to give a quote. Van well, and I just, I just quote. gave a quote. Oh, God. Um, you know, with all the Lord of the Rings ones, I mean, the, the Boromir one that we already talked about is, is probably up there. Like, just because it's a deep cut, you know, like yeah. the other stuff is all like Gollum and you're my, I'm Frodo and you're my Sam. Like, that's all really high level, like very casual Lord of the Rings stuff. But like, Boromir is a little bit deeper. And I like, I like that, you know, like, you're, you're not Sam, you're Boromir. And it's great too, because if you read the books, like Boromir, like he kind of gets a little bit of a bad rap in, in the movies. Like he's actually, I think a lot more um, sympathetic in the, in the books. Like you really kind of get that, like, he's really trying to do the right thing. He just kind of has a different idea of what the right thing is compared to the rest of the party and gets a little 
goes a little crazy at the end, but um, I, I just, just the way he says the word Boromir, like, oh, it's so good. I love it. Yeah. And of course, you know, I got questions for that goat. That's always been one of my favorites. <laughs> get the goat. Get the get the goat. <laughs> the tiger has night vision goggles. He doesn't have night vision goggles. So good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a it's like a big, big stripy <laughs> dog. Right, we gotta go. We're gonna yes, quote. We're, gonna, next we're, gonna, we're gonna just keep quote. If you've got a favorite favorite uh, inter- interview quote, if you love the interview, hate the interview, if you're on one side or other of that uh, polarizing line that Van discussed, let us know. Drop us a line. Tell us what you think about it. We have a number of great ways to get in contact with us. We have a Twitter account at Focus Target. We have a YouTube page, Focus Target Podcast on YouTube, where all of our previous episodes are stored. Um, we are we stream live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Focus Target Podcast. And of course, the best way to reach us is by email, focustargetpodcast at gmail.com. So for episode 108 of the Focus Target Podcast, thanks for being with us. This is your host, Smiley. This is Shy. And I'm Ben. As always, cover us, Porkins. We're out.